Bart! Somewhere in the air, almost everywhere, doesn't everybody listen to? Somewhere in the You're listening to CITR FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time right now for the Nardwar, the Human Serviette radio show. And who do we have in the studio right now? Well, today I think I'm going to be known by Cipriano. Hello, Cipriano. Welcome to Nardwar, the Human Serviette radio show. It's great to be here. Nice to see you, Nardwar. Uh, great to be back. And I must say thank you. A big heads up to Beppy um, Lloyd for filling in these past couple weeks. And he's going to be filling in the next couple weeks as well. But today, a special show brought to you by Cipriano. Now, Cipriano, you were in here before talking about Willie Thrasher. Can you please explain and what happened? Well, we were here like, oh, a good month or so ago with Willie Thrasher, Linda Saddleback, and Jesse. And we were just here to raise awareness about Willie's Spirit Child album. It's uh, an album of native folk rock music from the early 80s that came out on CBC. It's just been reissued by Light in the Attic Records, a label I work for and uh, do some work for. So, yeah, it was great to be on the show, performing live, and, yeah, we had a blast. So Willie and Linda send their best to you today, and, uh, and Jesse, too. 
Thank you very much. How did that go at the Lido? At the Lido? Oh, the Lido. It was incredible. It was jammed to the gills, a really diverse mix of people, all like 19 and older, unfortunately. It wasn't an all-ages gig, but no, it was tremendous. And and we had Gordon Dick, another artist featured on Native North America. He was Known for Siwash Rock. Si- known for Siwash Rock, and he performed, and he performed original music, and that was a real rare treat to hear him play, and that was incredible. And you know, Willie and Linda killed it. It, oh, it was a real, a powerful evening. You know, we felt the good vibrations for days afterwards. And you've brought a whole bunch of tunes in right now to spin. What did we hear right off the top? Well, that was a song called Radio Radio. It's a promotional 45. KPAC salutes Canadian Association of Broadcasters. I figured we're, as we're live on CITR right now, let's celebrate a record from the 50th anniversary of broadcasting. And that was Radio Radio by Bobby Jimby and Stefan Vinay. 1969. And Bobby Gimby, Bobby Jimby, is quite an interesting fellow, isn't he? (laughs) Yeah, he's incredible. He's a a Pied Piper of music, and he he was known in the 60s um, for promoting Canada through song. Through song, Canada! Yeah. It's also sung by the Craddock Kids. That's a favorite group of mine. And he was tied in with Ben McPeak and all these names that probably no one's out there has ever heard of, except uh, maybe some of the 50-plus listeners out there. So there we have some Bobby Gimby and Native North American you mentioned. A Grammy nod. A Grammy nod. Congratulations. Thank you. What can you say about that? Your 2016 Grammy for Best Historical Album. Who are you up against? Well, I know for a fact that we're up against an album release of Bob Dylan and the band. So you're up against Bob Dylan, Native North American yeah. versus Bob Dylan. I'm not really getting too involved in the, the other nominees. I'm sort of just, I'm really just thinking about the artist right now, and I hope they take it home. I said to Duke Redbird, one of the artists on the compilation, you know, he said that, that if uh, Native North America doesn't win, he hopes that Bob Dylan and the band does because Robbie Robertson is of Native descent and he, he wants to see a Native uh, artist take it home. And you help put together Native North American. Are you going to go to the Grammys yourself? Yes, uh, I'll be attending the, the Grammys in Los Angeles alongside Greg Mindorf from Sweet Sound Labs in Vancouver. He's the audio engineer for the project. So both Greg and myself receive nods from the Grammys for our work on this project. We'll both be in in attendance, wearing our finest, and I look forward to seeing the madness of what's going down at the Grammys. Who are you up against? And it's in the non-televised portion yeah. of the Grammys, right? Yeah. So the, yeah. But now it's all on web. Uh, it's all on web yeah, now. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's broadcast in, in a form. And we're definitely up against Bob Dylan and the band. The other ones, I'm not too sure. I'm sort of like uh, not trying to get into it too much. I, I, I didn't do this project to receive any sort of awards, or, but I'm really happy that the artists and their music is getting the recognition on that global sort of music industry platform. It's fantastic. Who has promoted Native North American, like Kurt Vile has in Mojo? Yeah, Kurt Vile gave a real nice nod to Willie Dunn, rest in peace, and for his song, I Pity the Country. Yeah, that was really nice. Yeah, there's been a lot of great support. Who else has given a throwdown to Native North American? Of course, we did on the Nardwarda Human Serviette radio show, and CITR Radio did as well. Well, it's been it's been well received. You know, the the global mass media sort of really got behind it. Rolling Stone magazine, I caught wind that members of Radiohead were really grooving on it. Um, a lot if of you got Radiohead involved, then God forbid. <laughs> like for me, most importantly, the artists are happy with with the the music being out there again, and that's that's the real exciting part for me. It's nice to 
to have the celebrity endorsements or what have you, but you know, getting the feedback for my work from the artists themselves has been the most rewarding of all. That's all I'll need. And right now, you've brought out a whole bunch of vinyl. What are we going to hear? Well, we're going to get into some sort of this sort of Civic Pride Canadiana oddball stuff. The next track is Lookout World by Dolores Clayman. And Dolores Clayman is known for writing the, the hockey theme. Hockey Night Canada. Yes, the Hockey Night Canada. She did also a lot of library music, radio jingles. She is a true sort of trailblazer in Canadian music. Uh, Shout-outs to Dolores Clayman. I think she's living in Europe right now. And I think she has a relative that lives in Vancouver too, right? Like a Dolores Clayman connection? There was some sort of connection? Not to my knowledge, but that's uh, it's very possible. It's very, very possible. But here is Dolores Clayman with... With what? Lookout World. On the Nardward Human Serviette Radio Show. Pogo is no 
giant frog, no swimming dog, no drifting lot, no offshore fog. Pogo Pogo is no Owise tail, no floating pail, no large ship sail, no landlocked whale. Pogo Pogo is no optical illusion, no negative fusion. Pogo Pogo is. Though many doubt his being, they make a grave mistake. The proof is in seeing from the shores of O.K. Lake. Pogo Pogo is no giant frog, no swimming dog, no drifting log, no offshore frog. Pogo Pogo is no old tail, no floating tail, no lost ship sail, no landlocked whale. Pogo Pogo is no optical illusion, no nuclear fusion. Pogo Pogo is. When we sail the sky blue waters, you may all attend the wake of Pogo Pogo's old beach bones in the dry bed of O.K. Lake. Dana just played a cold. Well, it's to do with those terribly embarrassing little things called rubber checks. You know what I mean. Those not-so-funny blues. Oh, 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 no. Those not-so-funny blues. The meanest feeling you can get. The one that gets you real upset. You write a check for a small amount. 
than being made on no account. It's not so funny. Where's the money? MSF check blue. You pulled off million dollar bets. Your assets are the biggest yet. And then you bounce one little check And you are done and Bradstreet's wreck Ooh, it's not so funny No, where's the money? M-S-F check <laughs> Oh, Mr. Banker, be my friend I promise that my ways I'll mend I'll watch each check I write and sign If you will promise one more time Oh, you won't renounce me Please don't bounce me M-S-F check blues M-S-F check You're listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, the Vancouver, British Columbia show known as the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show with special guest, 
DJ Cipriano. Cipriano, just Cipriano. Cipriano. Now, actually, Doris Clayman that we played right off the bat there, going way back, she did Lookout World, but she did a bunch of records. Well, she did a lot of she did a lot of what's called library music. So that's like bed bed track music, music, atmospheric music for motion pictures or advertising. Um, jingle music, you know, stuff that wasn't necessarily put on al- out on album and sold in stores, but just the stuff that you hear in the background when you're watching a movie or sort of score music, you know? And we heard Lookout World. Then we heard Craig Hamilton with Ogo Pogo, a special request from me. <laughs> yeah, on the on the Canna Myth label. So that was, I guess, a record label uh, talking about some of these sort of uh, mysterious monsters and myths of Canada. The other side is the Upik song. We didn't get to hear that one, but you could maybe find that online somewhere. What year? I think we're going back to the late 60s for that. It doesn't have a a year on the record itself, but uh, I sort of estimate sort of late 60s time period. Then we heard the accents with beautiful BC. Yeah, let's groove on a little bossa nova to sort of lighten up this dreary West Coast weather we're having today with the drizzle, but beautiful BC. uh, It comes in all different shapes and sizes and forms, yeah, from the rain to the sun that we love in the summertime. But beautiful BC, that's a... It's a record that came out sort of celebrating 100 years of, of British Columbia. And then we had Dinah Christie with Not Safe for Work Blues, an artist that you schooled me on. Dinah's relationship to the person known as Noah Shabib, first off. Justin Pierre was her tune. Yeah, Justin Pierre on the Canada label. I think it had a diff- couple different pressings, but this is a different song by Dinah Christie from a, a 45 called Welcome to Our World. And it was put out by Scotia Bank, and it involved Rich Little, the famous comedian as well. So it was a, I don't think it was, yeah, not, not suitable for work <laughs> blues, yeah, non-sufficient funds. And I showed Justin Trudeau the record Justin Pierre by Diana Christie and found out that Diana Christie's goddaughter contacted me and put the song up on iTunes. So shout out to Diana Christie's goddaughter, who actually was the sister of Noah Shabib. And you were telling me all about Noah Shabib. Yeah, Noah Shabib. His father was... AKA 40. AKA 40. It's uh, well known for being Drake's producer, main producer. And and Noah Shabib 40's father is a fellow by the name of Donald Shabib, Don Shabib, who made the probably what's regarded as the best Canadian film of all time. One of my personal favorites called Going Down the Road from the maybe early 70s. If you haven't seen Going Down the Road out there, listeners, yeah, definitely check it out. So Diana Christie with Not Safe for Work Blues. And we ended there with John Klein with the Expo 67 theme. Yeah, that was an Expo 67 theme. I want to shout out Kinetic in Winnipeg for hooking me up with that record. And it's... Uh, John Kleiner played uh, on this this special sort of keyboard, sort of harpsichord type of instrument called the uh, carillon, C-A-R-I-L-L-O-N. I I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but that's that beautiful sort of bell-like sort of sound that runs through. There's another song written by Stéphane Venet, like the the Bobby Gimby Radio Radio. Stéphane Venet is an incredible Québécois songwriter, and he, he, he wrote the theme song for Expo 67, which happened in Montreal in 19... 
67. Right on. <laughs> were any of the CBC library records, like, weren't the Vancouver CBC record library, wasn't it actually sold to Regenerator Records in Vancouver, like Jamie from Regenerator Records? Yeah, like across Canada, like all across Canada. All because the CBC record library really helped the Native North American, right? Well... I, I would say that I helped or this. Initially. I, I, I helped the CBC <laughs> Music Library, I think, by raising awareness uh, about what, what they have there, you know, within the archives. And, and that wasn't really affected by the dismantling of the music libraries across the country because I don't feel like the producers are even tapping into the material. Like, let's say, for example, Willie Thrasher. They had that record sitting there since the early 80s, uh, and they never even touched it. But when Native North America came out, they play Willie Thrasher now. They play it off Native North America, even though they had the material sitting there. It's it's one of my concerns and issues about the CBC and their staff and, you know, not really representing their history or marketing it as a company like the BBC do in England or or also celebrating what they had achieved in the past. They're they have to get it from a third party. They have to get it from a third party, and they should really, you know, they should be proud of all the incredible stuff they laid down back in the day. It would help strengthen their quote-unquote brand and just uh, create goodwill and foster community and bring people from all different cultures together sort of like what a project like Native North America to me is designed and in, in, in aiming to to connect different generations of people and different cultures and, and sort of bridge that gap between the analog and digital age so these are important things to me and sort of what my work represents and I think the CBC could could take some cues from that, and I think it might even, you know, bolster the amazing thing they have there and, and, and all the stuff they've laid down over the years. And they sold their CBC record library, the Vancouver CBC record library? Well, across the country, yeah. All of them, all of the vinyl libraries. But, you know, that was filled with, you know, Barbara Streisand records, and, you know, there was some interesting stuff in the mix. And they kept a lot of Canadian content, things they felt were important. But once again, like, it's one thing for these public uh, archives to, to have all this material, but if, if people don't have access to it and producers or librarians or people aren't tapping into it and using it, um, it's just a lot. It's, it's all a total loss, you know. They don't have people there that know the material. You have to have people that understand what these records even mean or signify or can recontextualize them. If so if that doesn't if none of this thing is ha things are happening then it's really it's really challenging but I know the CBC is under like you know budgetary restrictions and there's been cutbacks over the years. We'll see with Trudeau in, in power now see how this uh, creates uh, the vibe at the CBC and let's see how like you know it takes money to do all of this stuff and you know people need to be compensated for their work so we'll see how it all unfolds but I think I, I hope that it it can you know be a great uh, broadcaster for Canada in the future, and that that can also celebrate all of the great things they did in the past. You know, like the stuff some of the some of the recordings, twelve of the thirty four songs from Native North America, did come from the CBC. But they're records that I had collected for you know twenty some odd years, and and were you know I was well familiar with them before even going visiting the CBC in person ever. Were there any CBC Vancouver Record Library Holy Grails? Any stuff that you were looking for in that library? That's a very good there's that's a very good question. There's there's lots of stuff. What are you looking for? Uh right now that you will disclose. <laughs> yeah, there's there's different elements and there's different layers. There's mystery. I want to bring mystery back, Nardwar. Like how hard was it to get the chief tones? Well, that was, no, that was a record I found in my, all the records on Native North America were records that I found in my travels across the country. I think there's, there's one record I listened to at, at a CBC branch in, in Regina. It was a, 
Mr. Shipu by Philippe Mackenzie. And, and that, that record, I was doing some research at the library. The librarian there was kind enough to let me to go through and listen to, look, at, look through the vinyl records and, and, and um, listen to things. And, and in my sort of pulling out things that I didn't know or looked interesting to me, I found this record by Philippe Mackenzie. And this is in Regina in the province of Saskatchewan. And yeah, I just fell in love with the music. So that, and I was like, okay, well, we got to add that one to it. And then in my travels, I was able to find a copy of that record. They didn't let me go home with any of them that day, but that's the way it goes. <laughs> that's the way it goes. But all you need to do is occasionally they let you go home with some. I over the years, yeah. Or wow. I, was, I was very blessed. I think when I was living in Toronto last, they had some record sales at the CBC for staff. So they they they've been they've been like sort of records have been filtering out of the CBC for many 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 years you know dozens of years since they started carrying records so even if you go to a thrift store 15 years ago well before they sold off the remaining stock from the libraries you'd find these records with the CBC stickers on them you'd find them all across town like one of my mentors Ty Scammell who we've talked about in the past he's a record guru here in Vancouver that influenced a lot of musicians and creative people he passed away in 2004 he would have these CBC BC records in his collection. They just filtered out over the years. What think, happened to his collection? Well, his collection was uh, went over to a fellow by the name of Rick Moran, Citizen Freak. He's a well-respected record dealer, and I think Ty had sold some before his passing. He he gave me a couple special records that I'll I'll treasure for the rest of my life. But no, they trickled out. He had a massive collection, and his specialty was psychedelic music. I d- I did hear some some rumors of of different things happening at the end as well. Um, the last month of his life, I was really close to Ty. Like I'd go over to his house and we'd we'd have a hoot and we'd drink a glass of whiskey and he'd let me at his psychedelic records and that that really helped shape my aesthetic and my interest. You know, he was probably one of the foremost collectors of psychedelic music from around the world, in the world. And, you know, this is pre, you know, he's doing this pre-internet. He started that in the 80s. So he's, he's a real trailblazer. And you first ran into him at the Vancouver Flea Market. Yeah, at the Red Barn Flea Market, which is still there down on Terminal Street, just sort of uh, east of Maine. Native North American is now part of the Canadian history curriculum. Well, the Toronto School Board uh, purchased a significant amount of copies, and, and, and they, they're tapping into some of the information and the songs for, for their, their studies. I, there's 23 different artists and groups featured on Native North America, right? And, you know, th- these represent uh, an incredible selection of talent, indigenous talent from those days, just the tip of the iceberg. It's just a fraction of what existed in the times, artists who were well-known in their communities, but didn't necessarily get to break, cross over into that sort of pop cultural realm, with, with the exception of maybe some people like Willie Dunn, who achieved some success internationally, and David Campbell, Duke Redbird, Shingoose, but a lot of the artists were very just known in their regional communities. So it's incredible that, you know, people from Canada, across the country, and around the world are starting to learn about these artists and and what they did back in the day, in that 60s, 70s, and early 80s sort of era. The Saddle Lake Drifting Cowboys rest in peace? Yeah, unfortunately. Um, during the making of the compilation, we, w- we lost Willie Dunn. He passed away in 2013, and right now my main focus is working on an anthology of Willie's music and film, and that will be released later this year, hopefully, on Light in the Attic Records. Um, but we also lost Edwin Quinney. He was the leader of the Satellite Drifting Cowboys, and he passed away um, last fall. We also lost Tayara Papagatuk from the Sugluck Band. So we're all getting older. 
And, you know, these stories, it's very important to get these stories down now and to share the music now while we're lucky enough and blessed to have these artists with us because we're all getting older and, you know, life is fragile. So, um, yeah, it's important. And I just wanted to raise awareness. So I have I run a blog at Voluntary in Nature. That's the name of it. And I I wrote a post, a tribute to Edwin, because he was a great fellow. He's from Saddle Lake region of Alberta. And we had great conversations over the phone uh, during the making of the compilation. He was very excited. He was a real, you know, country boy. He was raised on a farm and uh, just an incredible man. So I just wanted to give him a big shout out. And shout out to Cipriano, who has brought in a whole bunch of records to play on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You did come in before with Willie Thrasher, and you played some Souls for Inspiration, and I think Skylord, or maybe we got the Skylord. Yeah, we did. What did you say about Skylord and Souls of Inspiration that we didn't say last time? I don't think we said anything. Well, Souls of Inspiration is one of, one of these records that Ty turned me on to back in the day. You'd walk into his, his second-story apartment, and it was the second floor of a house, and on the wall he'd have all these incredible psychedelic records, groups like Christmas, Jarvis Street Review, Roger Rodier, um, Electric Music Revolution, like the heaviest Canadian psych records. And one of these records was one called Souls of Inspiration, and it caught my eye because on the cover of it, it's like four hardcore-looking headbangers like in the middle of the forest, and it was on the Columbia record label, and they were well-known for putting out some great records back in the day. It's just a great progressive rock record from the early 70s, and I think they were actually a representative of Canada at the 1970 Olympics in Osaka, Japan. And I can't even imagine. Like, they look like they could be Black Sabbath or something. You know, they're wearing their, their Mackinac jackets and leather and jeans, and uh, it just, like, they represented Canada at the 70 Olympics in Osaka. Like, what was happening back then? I, I wish I knew. Maybe it was something in the water. We also played some Sky Lord. Yeah, Sky Lord's a great track. And I'd been bugging Rob Frith at Neptune for a copy for years. The group's called High Flying Bird. Okay. I think they're a local group. And um, and once again, shout out to uh, Kinetic and Bird of Prey for lacing me with that record. I'd been bugging them for it because uh, they, they had been lucky enough to find a copy. Um, it's just a great... Uh, hard rock sort of psychedelic song from the West Coast in the early 70s. You know, it's the type of stuff I'm looking for when I go out to the local record stores. Right now we're going to hear Theme A Go-Go by Lee Marigues. Yeah, this is something I picked up in my travels. It's a French-Canadian sort of uh, twangy, rockabilly, go-go type of record. It's the sa- a sound that I really like. It's something fun to DJ. And I, I'll play a couple songs in that sort of style. We have another one by Andre Collin coming up after that as well. I have to mention right here, Les Baronets, featuring Rene, Celine's husband, who recently passed away, who I think passed away today. Anything about Les Baronets? Do you know anything about Les Baronets at all? Well, Les Baronets feature Rene, uh, Celine Dion's... Husband, yes. Husband. Rest uh, in peace. <laughs> rest in peace. No, uh, I don't know much about the group, but I, I knew that Rene was active in the music scene. And, you know, he'd been managing Celine since, since she was, I think, 14 years of age. Very young. Yeah, very young. But, you know, they developed uh, a love, and, uh, and, and I know that they were, you know, they were a, a great, you know, power couple. My brother's a huge Celine Dion fan, so I'll have to let him know that Rene passed away. I wasn't aware of that. I heard he was sick, but no, that's, that's, that's sad to hear. There's been a lot of great music losses this year with David Bowie, obviously, and John Bradbury, the drummer of the specials, a group that, you know, was close to my heart. So, yeah, it's, we want to give a shout-out to all the music makers around the world. <laughs> and Lemmy, too. 
course. Lemmy. Oh, my so, gosh. So here we go. Thema Gogo by Lee's Marrow Gaze on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show.
And you're still listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show, with special guest DJ Cipriano. Cipriano is bringing in all the tunes, and we heard from the top there. We mentioned them a little bit. Le Mero Gaze. Then we kicked into some Andre Collins. Yeah, Andre Collins. Yeah, he's an instrumentalist from Quebec. A two salute. And then some more Quebec action with Les Demoners. Yeah, Demoners. <laughs> Les Demoners with no, no, the, the, the demons. <laughs> oh, what can you say about these bands? Actually, we can also say everything has been Canadian, right? Yeah, up until this point, for sure. Yeah, that's a big passion of mine. I want to project it out there. We're definitely, I think the station manager will be happy we're getting the CanCon in. 100% CanCon. Andre Collins. The demons, the demons with with ninety six tears. Yeah, that was a rip in version of the question mark and the mysterions. And then we actually heard question mark, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We moved into a little. Uh, I need somebody. Yeah, a little rip in garage nugget there. And then the hitchhikers was a stranger in your own world. What can you say about the hitchhikers? And what can you also say about Frank Modley, Jackie Shane? And the Minor Birds featuring Neil Young and Rick James. Yeah, man, that's a lot to speak on, but I'll definitely, I'll start with the Hitchhikers. I'm holding the record here in my hand right now, and I want to shout out Stephen Ballow at Ox 33 and a third in Montreal who provided this record for me. Um, the, the Hitchhikers, it was a group, the backing band of Frank Motley. He was an American expat that came to Canada, took up residence in Toronto, and started ripping up the Young Street strip with R&B and jazz and early rock and roll. Frank Motley's known as a guy who actually played two, two trumpets, the dual trumpeter, he was called. But he's actually an early pioneer of rock and roll music. Um, he had different vocalists that would get on stage and sing with his backing band, and one of those is Jackie Shane, who's a notorious singer from Toronto from the late 60s that, you know, was just ripping it up. And people are really interested in the history of Jackie Shane, who is, you know. You can check him on YouTube for Walk in the Dog. Yeah, so so good. You know, yeah, Jackie Shane is incredible. After Jackie Shane, uh, Frank Motley had a new vocalist on the scene, and he came in just fresh from Jamaica, and his name was the Mighty Pope, Earl Hedrum. as become a very good friend of mine over the years. So I want to give a big, big shout out to the Mighty Pope and Linda in Toronto. Uh, Earl, he's going to be coming out to Vancouver in July and we're going to be recording some new music with the Mighty Pope. And he's featured on this album. The song we heard was written by Val Bent. And that was Earl's partner, Pope's partner in a group called The Sheiks, which recorded before The Hitchhikers. There's so much history here. You can learn about some of these artists on a compilation I put together for Light in the Attic called Jamaica to Toronto. And this documents sort of the Caribbean-Canadian musical connection that was happening in the 60s, 70s, and into the 80s. What label did that come on? Well, this was from the Paragon label, The Hitchhikers Featuring the Mighty Pope. That's uh, the name of the album. and it's What year? And did it get much promotion? No, this is like 1970. And, you know, this was a, a real local homespun release. I think they probably sold it off the stage for the most part. It, it didn't hit the charts, that's for sure. Radio stations were not playing it. There was no support. The media weren't getting behind it. But, you know, when you hear that today, and, you know, we, we hear it through the lens of, you know, hip-hop and, and the new appreciation or renewed appreciation or continued appreciation of soul and funk music, 
you know, it's it's a relevant piece of our Canadian music history and want to give a big shout out to all the hitchhikers out there. What about Rick James? Because he was yeah. hanging around Toronto at that time. Yeah, he was part of that In the scene. Minor Birds with Neil Young. Yeah, right on. Yeah, for sure. Rick James was was uh, part of the Toronto scene in those days. And he had a couple different groups. He, he had a group called Heaven and Earth that he was in after the Minor Birds that was also with Neil, with Neil Young. And uh, there was a group called Gorilla as well that gets even into the mid-70s. And I think after that, Rick had been doing these groups that just weren't succeeding and no one in Toronto Did was picking it up. any of them record? Um, yeah, all these groups had 45 singles. And I guess like the Minor Birds recorded, they, they're, they're notorious for going down to Detroit and recording at Motown. I think some of that material has finally seen the light of day now. Um, but yeah, the Heaven and Earth and, and Gorilla, these are just, you know, chart, non-charting 45s that I've picked up in my travels that not a lot of people know about that. I guess like after years of struggle in Toronto, Rick was like, F this. And he moved to uh, the States and, and, and he became the artist, as we know, as Rick James, Super Freak and, you know, all the classics. We are going to hear Art Snyder with It Was a Very Good Year. Now, Art Snyder is an interesting character. Yeah, Art Snyder is one of my musical heroes. He, he passed away many years ago, but he recorded a lot of independent artists from Canada in the 60s and 70s, even probably going back to the 50s. Country music, soul music, funk music, jazz music, any type of music you could think of, Art recorded it. He really, you know, his, his body of work, through his production work, it really lays the, the groundwork for all independent artists in Canada. You know, he was there from the birth of the Canadian recording industry when we get into the 45 and LP era, you know, post-78s. And like, yeah, this guy is a true legend. He recorded people like Wayne McGee, but he also put out his own records. And this this song is a version of the, you know, the song we know as a Frank Sinatra classic. It was a very good year, but it's from an album called Corny Songs I Play on My Organ. Art was a musician. He played keyboards. And on the back of the record, there's a real funny quote. You know, it, Art had a sense of humor. And he says, after the, the lengthy liner notes, he says, P.S., no refunds, please. So basically, you know, he's saying, you know, enjoy it or you know you're not getting your money back if you don't like it 2015 it was a very good year now speaking of you personally <laughs> this is we digress for a little this second embarrassing. here a digging trip with bird of prey bird of prey you've shouted out um, a few times what can you say about bird of prey well bird of prey is a rapper first and foremost he's one of my best friends he's my digging partner uh, he's been living in Winnipeg from for the last 10 years, but he's an East Van kid, and now he just moved to Toronto, and he's going to be setting up a record store, Birds Records. So he's just uh, he's a big inspiration. He, we exchange music back and forth, and and we've tipped each other to a lot of great music over the years. And we'll, we'll get in our in my car, and we'll drive across the prairies, and we'll look for records. We'll go to flea markets, and we'll go into people's homes and talk to people and musicians. And yeah, he's a big inspiration to me. So shout out to Bird of Prey in Toronto. Also, he went to Powell River. Oh, yeah. Bird did a show there not too long ago last year. That was great. Yeah. Big shout out to Commandy and CJMP 90.1 FM in Powell River. It's a community radio station up there. And, you know, Powell River is a very special place. You know, it's up on the coast. It's actually connected. It's on the mainland, but you can only access it through. Well, f you could fly there or you can take two ferries to get to Powell River. It's a five-hour journey from Vancouver, and it's a, it's a heavenly place. Any good record stores? Um, yeah, there, there is a record store there, yeah, and it's fantastic. There's only one right now, and, yeah, you go and check it out. Ask for the local record store. Bobby Gillespie's Boots. Again, these are highlights <laughs> of 2015. <laughs> 
only Nardwar could, you know, plumb those depths. See, Bobby Gillespie's boots. I want to shout out Ryan Belaski at Live Nation. And he, uh, he let me buy some really cherry seats to the Primal Scream and the Cult Show uh, a little, little few weeks ago or a month or two ago. Um, shout outs to Macy at Budgie's Burrito who, who accompanied me. We're both pr- big Primal Scream fans and we got to sit front row and stare at Bobby Glussie's boots because he walked right up to us and he had these beautiful sort of like beetle boots on. You know, he's a true rock and roller and uh, it was great to hear Primal Scream. My ears were ringing for three days after with that Les Paul action from uh, Andrew Innes. Oh my gosh, through the Marshalls. Ah! Love era cult and ride. Now, wasn't Love and Primal Scream a double bill in Vancouver? Yeah, it was a double bill, definitely. You know, I... I I loved the cult growing up, especially the album Love. That was a big record for me that I got turned on to when I was maybe in grade seven or eight at a at a friend's uh, like a high, uh, elementary school dance party that I got to go to, like one of my first dances, you know. And we listened to music like She Sells Sanctuary, like my friend Celeste, her older sister, had Love and played it at this party. She was sort of curating the music that night, you know, like it sort of blew our minds and I still love it today. So it was an incredible double bill, Primal Scream and Cult. Yeah, it was like Cult lived in Vancouver for a little bit recording, I think, some of their later records with Bob Rock. and, uh, and Broken up, broken up <laughs> by the band... I don't know that one. They were broken up by the band. <clears throat> well, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> okay. But yeah. Ride twice. Ride twice? I saw Ride twice, maybe three times actually. They played in I saw them in Toronto as well, and I went down with Commandy to see them in Seattle and at the Commodore. Oh, Ride is a great guitar band from the UK in the 1990s. They were cutting records and they've recently reunited over the last couple of years and they've been touring around the world and to hear them as good as they ever were, if not better, that was such a treat. You know, you don't get to hear bands like that anymore. And Andy Bell is from Ride. Yeah, Andy Bell and later became And you know, he was looking good. Hurricane number 1 and he went on to be the bass player an oasis and I always felt that was such a, a loss to the music world like I know Andy he needed to pay the bills I'm sure that's why he was with Oasis and you know he looked up to Oasis a bit but Ride and in comparison I think they don't even you know Oasis their first two albums are great but after that like oh my god Ride all the way please Mexican food in Burlington is Burlington the Burlington USA yeah Burlington USA right by the coat factory uh, they have a great Mexican restaurant there um, and it's it's phenomenal. Yeah, it's right off the the Burlington exit, and it's right across the street from the Jack in the Box. It's changed names over the years, but if you need Mexican food on the way home from Seattle or on the way to Seattle, or if you're doing some shopping, stop by Burlington. It's fantastic. And you also did a little shout out here to the Spirit Child record re-release, but I should also mention you did something with Thin Lizzy. Now, members of Thin Lizzy helped out with that. Well, no. Uh, through my work with Light in the Attic, we were able to reissue on vinyl the first three Thin Lizzy albums. So I want to give a big shout out to Eric Bell and Brian Downey, the original Thin Lizzy, along with Phil Linnett, of course, rest in peace. But but Brian and Eric are still with us, and, and they contributed to the liner notes, and they actually... Um, did little interviews so at the Lido at the Thin Lizzy record release party we got to play a personal message from Brian Downey and Eric Bell o- over the speakers at the Lido it was phenomenal so here we go with Art Snyder it was a very good year and you just heard a little bit of Cipriano's a very good year of 2015 on the Nardwar to Human Serviette with special guest DJ Cipriano <laughs> 
I was a prince or a king I would give you all the gold and silver I could find You'd be the fairest queen to reign of the time All would bow before you The kingdom would adore you And the world would understand If I was a poet, I would Write the loveliest lines the world has ever seen And maybe then they'd know what I
Talking to a pipsqueak, isn't it fun? Pipsqueak, pipsqueak, isn't it fun when he talks back? Pipsqueak, pipsqueak, pipsqueak. Hey, listen, she's talking to a pipsqueak. He wants to play. Pipsqueak, pipsqueak. What'll she say when she talks back? In pipsqueak village, people love people and people pipsqueak all day. The whole town comes, and when night comes, the city just falls away. Talking to a pipsqueak, wasn't that fun? Pipsqueak, pipsqueak, squeaking, squeaking to the pipsqueak, peeking, and another pipsqueak, squeaking at the squeaking pipsqueaks all day long.
And you're still listening to CITR FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, that's old school, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and still, still, still listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. We started way, way, way back with Art Snyder with It Was a Very Good Year, then heard a little bit of the British North America Act, so rare that Cipriano, who has brought in all the records today, bags it twice yeah, like my rarest records, I usually bag twice, like sort of a plastic bag sort of facing the opening of the record. And then I usually, I, I put my uh, sleeves on, my protective outer sleeves on vertically usually. But the super rarest ones, I put I put two, one horizontally and then one vertically. That's hotly debated in the record world. How, which way do you put your PVC protective plastic sleeves on your records? Do you put it so the opening of the sleeve is on the opening of the record or do you put it vertically? I put mine vertically, FYI. I don't use any because <laughs> I use them all for wall hangers and then they get all like mildewy. Use your Jimmy hat. British North America Act with the world would understand. Could you explain a bit about the British North America Act and the band we played right after it, Frumious Bandersnatch with Heart to Cry. Yeah, both of these go back to my record guru, Ty Scammell, rest in peace. You know, a lot of my work was informed by mentors that I had in my life, and Ty was a huge one. also want to shout out Lockjaw James Bell, rest in peace. He was a, a reggae enthusiast and a skinhead. He turned me on to the world of Jamaican music. So I want to shout out to the mentors in people's lives. We all have them, and if you don't look for one, they can really, you know, help you along your path of discovery. But British North American Act, that was Ty's actual copy. As I mentioned earlier, he was a collector of rare psychedelic sounds from around the world, but also like really interested in the music of Canada and beyond the greats that we know and love, like Anne Murray and the Guess Who and Neil Young, deeper stuff like British North American Act, a group from Montreal who cut one album in the late 60s. And that's I, I view it as one of the holy grails of Canadian psychedelia. Um, you know, fans of, peop- of, of groups like the Zombies, Odyssey and Oracle might get a kick out of it, you know. It has a bit of a soft sort of psych sound in, in places. And then we moved into the Frumious Brandersnatch, and that's a group, I believe, from Berkeley in California. Original first wave psychedelic from California, and they, they performed in San Francisco. And that's uh, just a ripping, you know, example of first wave LSD psychedelia west coast sound with that shredding guitar it sounds like you know they're cutting the speaker and you know it's a real aggressive sound at different places and yeah a real a real special holy grail record for me personally one of the two non-canadian artists that we played here today from cipriano's collection yeah yeah we gotta you know spread the wealth a little bit you know I, i like to promote canadian talent anywhere i can but you know Music is made all around the world. <laughs> Although, we unknown artist, pipsqueaks. Unknown artists, pipsqueaks. Yeah, if anyone has any information on pipsqueaks, it's a, it's a flexi disc. How many times have you played flexi discs on the show, Nardwar? A couple times, but not that often. Well, I'm glad to be amongst that club. And um, it's, a, it's one. Most al- of the time, you have to put like a five cent or a 10 cent on actual flexi disc for it to actually play. <laughs> I didn't. I hope it sounded. Uh, I'm sure it was lo fi, but I hope it didn't sound too crazy. Um, one of my favorite flexi discs is the Bismarck Key from the Grand Royale, the version of Benny and the Jets, Elton John. I played that years ago at Sonar with uh, Andy Smith, the DJ from Portishead. Uh, we had the whole room dancing to a flexi disc. You know, this is. Uh, the Gastown Club Sonar. It used to be the town pump back in the day. It's no longer there. 
and we heard pip squeaks by unknown artists. Yeah, who is it? It was. Uh, it sounds like a TV show theme, and I watched a lot of TV in the 70s, and that sounds like it's from the 70s, maybe a little bit before my time. I was born in 74. Um you know, I don't know. If anyone has any information about pipsqueaks, reach out to Nardwar or reach out to Cipriano at Voluntary in Nature. Yeah, what is the name of your blog again? Voluntary in Nature. And then we heard the Juno Award theme. Congratulations again on Native North American, which you helped curate, getting together and winning a grant. Well, being nominated for the <laughs> Grammy. But we heard the Juno Award theme. Are you a fortune teller? I hope so. But yeah, this is a, a 45 on the Periwinkle Records label, and this is another Art Snyder production. It was the the theme song for the 1975 Juno Awards, and I want to not give a big shout-out to the Junos, so they're getting some free publicity here, but it's I just feel it's a shame to me that in a compilation, a historically significant compilation, if I can say so, that's only because of the content of the these musical trailblazers. There's nothing to recognize in Canada this project, which would in turn support the artists and help them with their music careers. You know, even though this is music of the past on, on these archival projects that I put together, these artists, are the ones that are, we're blessed enough to still have with us, are still active. Willie Thrasher is still performing, you know, and any industry kudos or recognition can help uh, these artists and their music careers. So oh, I hope the Juno can, um, Junos in the future can open up their sort of, uh, their ranks and their their minds to to be able to honor such music projects and and we're not talking about Gordon Lightfoot and the Guess Who, they've already received their awards and kudos and and they will continue to from the hearts of music fans around the world, but let's let's celebrate the diversity of music in Canada and let's really like you know big 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 ourselves up Biggie Smalls and <laughs> big ourselves let's up. Let's start with the Grammy for Native well, North American. That's to be seen. Yeah, but the nomination is incredible, and the artists are really stoked that their music is being recognized on the global platform. Once again, it's that old thing where artists from Canada they get the nod from the states, and then people in Canada finally start embracing them. Uh, there's a little bit of that at play here, to, to, from from my perspective. Arthur Lee, everybody, he's got to live. Yeah, that's where did that come from? That's one of Arthur Lee is one of the best uh, ever to play music. You actually saw him at the Sky Church in 2002? This is a 1972 tune, Everybody's Got to Live. I didn't know that he did any good music past the 60s. Yeah, he had an, well, he had an album called Vindicator. And I felt 2015 there was a lot of vindication for for me in 2015. And uh, I just wanted to give a nod to, to one of my heroes, Arthur Lee. Yeah, he was scheduled to perform before he passed away. Uh, Arthur Lee, for those who don't know, is, is the, the main man in the group Love of, of Forever Changes. And he was scheduled to play in Vancouver, I don't know, a good 10 years ago or so. But he couldn't get over the border. So there was a built one. We, showed, we all showed up at Richards on Richards that evening waiting to hear Arthur Lee in Love. And there was a sign on the door saying, Cancelled. And we found out because Arthur had gun, he had some gun charges against him. They wouldn't let him into Canada. So as soon as we found out that, we bolted immediately to Seattle and caught him at the incredible electric church venue at the EMP, the Experience Music Project in Seattle, and had our minds blown. Arthur Lee was in great voice. He, if you close his eyes, it was like you were listening to Forever Changes. And uh, we, we got to spend time in front of our, one of our musical heroes. It was such an honor to check out Arthur Lee while he was still with us. And Ad Rock and Mike D got you on the guest list? Yeah, for for a show, 
uh, at the Commodore way back, I think in 1992, and I wasn't of age yet, but this was like a 19-plus show, but I had bought tickets anyway. I'd sort of convinced my parents like, to for my dad to use his credit card to buy these tickets. Uh, for me and my pal Dave Hollington, and we were huge Beastie Boys fans, and you know, licensed to ill, check your uh, Paul's boutique and check your head, and uh, we were going to take our chances at the door, and uh, but we were like 18 at the time or 17. We were in high school still, and we were like didn't think we'd get in, so we went anyway. But we bumped into Mike Dean Adrock at a col- the now departed Collectors RPM record store that was on Seymour at Pender. And we bumped into them, and we told them our plight. We were underage, and we had tickets, but we were trying to get into the concert, and and they left our names at the door. So when we walked up the stairs, and in those days there was like a there's still a staircase up to the Commodore, but I remember it a little bit differently. We walked up to the top of the Commodore stairs, and there's a huge bouncer there. And, you know, we're 16, 17 years old, quaking in our boots. You know, I'd actually doctored uh, a learner's permit driver's license to make it seem that I was 19 plus. But it was like, I used like, you know, whiteout almost. It was so embarrassing. So you get to the top, and there's this huge bouncer there with his arms crossed. And he said, oh, we're here for the show. He's like, okay. He's like, well, let me see your ID. And I showed him the license. And I said, oh, we're we're on the guest list from Mike D and Adrock, and he's like, okay. He's like, sign your name here. And my hands was shaking so hard when I picked up the pen, and I could barely sign my name. And he's like, okay, go on in. And we we like got in underage to the Commodore to see the Beastie Boys. It was my first 19 plus show. The Fushnikins opened up. It was like the most incredible experience I ever seen. People were moshing and like fighting. There was like fights. In in those days, the Commodore had like tires on the dance floor, and you could literally be bounced off like half a foot in the air. If someone jumped on one of the tires ten feet away, you would be levitated. It was incredible. So yeah, I got to see that. So shout out to to Ad Rock and Mike D of the Beastie Boys and Stylus Records too. Mm, Stylus Records, yeah. Well, there it's a good record store, but I'm losing track of everything. I think that's a record store that I went to. Yeah, of course. Sorry, this. You know why I can't remember? Because this is one of the newest additions to the to the record scene in Vancouver. Stylus Records is a new record store just off Main at around Second. So check out Stylus Records. It's a it's a really cool store. And I think they're gonna they're gonna grow, and there'll be lots of cool records coming through there. You mentioned him earlier, James Bell. He got a lot from dumpster diving. Did he get the Marley from the Tough Gong record label from a dumpster diving? No. Well, his his brother had a, a removal company, John Bell, and I think he's still active in North Vancouver. And But no, James was like a skinhead. He was involved in the, the original UK-style skinhead subculture, which isn't the neo-Nazi rubbish that we've seen portrayed in movies. The, the original British youth movement subculture... Skinheads were involved in Jamaican music, and reggae music was the style of music that they championed. And James would go to England, actually, and and purchase records. He'd bring them back. And we also acquired some of the collection of a, of a sound system owner um, from a girl I was dating at the time. We got into that story like a few years ago in 2007 when I was here with some of the Jamaica to Toronto guys with Jay Douglas and Everton Pablo Paul, and you asked me, who's Tannis Lewis? I was like, thanks, Nardwire. You asked me to speak about my ex-girlfriends on air, and there's a, there's a great story to that. But no, I just want to shout out James. He, uh, he unfortunately developed a bad drug habit, and he killed himself. Um, and I know uh, that a lot of people have been affected by addiction and, and, and suicide. So, you know, it's, it's a real real thing that people we all deal with and, and happen in people's lives. And 
Uh, if you know people that are suffering from addiction, just uh, try to be there for them any way they can and give them the support that they need. Uh, there's a lot of people that in, involved in that in Vancouver and, and do that for a living even as well. But we want to be there for people that uh, are in need emotionally and, and have any sort of you know, fragility and mental issues and addiction issues, you know, we have to be there for these people and support them and everyone, you know. And he was there to rep- to represent and to witness Cipriano wearing a suit during his general public. You repped them so hard, phase. Yeah, of course. Like I, I would go to the town pump. I'd, I'd wear even like mishmash suits, including maybe like a tie from my dad. And a, and a blazer that I found at a value village. I used to really be involved in like ska music growing up. And like when I became of age and going to clubs, I go to the Town Pump, Starfish Room, go see the specials, the selector, uh, groups from Toronto, King Apparatus, Me, Mom, and Morgenthaler from Montreal. And I used to go dancing. And I used to dress up. And James was sort of adopted me like a big brother. And I first actually met him here at UBC at the Sub Ballroom at a King Apparatus show. And I was wearing a, a Dance Craze t-shirt. That's a specials t-shirt, their live concert album. And uh, James came up to me. He's like, hey, you're a ska fan, right? And I said, yeah, man. And you know, we became fast friends. He sort of took me under his wing as a big brother. And I, I miss that guy dearly, man. He really informs. So like, like Ty Scammo, one of these mentors that really help inform everything that I do. So I thank, I thank all the mentors in my life. James Bell and Desmond Decker together? Yeah, they, they, uh, James went down to go see Desmond Decker in Seattle uh, years ago. Uh, and there's a great photo of, of James and Desmond, one of his Jamaican musical heroes, you know, sort of like arm in arm. And it's a, you know, black and white people coming together, unity, you know. I'm really, growing up in Canada, what's really inspired me the most is the diversity of this country. I want to learn more about other people's cultures and come together. And we, we're here as brothers and sisters on this planet. And we want to learn and share with each other as much as possible. And, you know, there's, it's important to me. Well, thank you so much for coming out to Nardwar, the Human Serviette radio show, and spinning some discs. Actually, will you come again for a third or fourth time? I would be honored, Nardwar. You're one of my favorite people, and uh, I want to wish you all the best as well. You know, there's been a lot of support and love coming your way recently, and we want to. We're sending it back to you all the time. You, you're such a tireless supporter of music and culture, and you've made so many people happy. And we just want to send our best to for you in the future and everything you're doing. Well, thank you very much, and thank you for the support. Really appreciate it, and really appreciate you possibly coming back for the fourth time <laughs> to Nardwar, the Human Serviette radio show, because there, so mu- there is so much that we haven't got to, but we're going to end right now, if we can squeeze it in, with some Seeker International? Yeah, Seekers International. Big shout-out to Seekers. This is an artist based out of Richmond. This is his brand-new 7-inch on the Bokeh Versions label from England, Trust in Digical. And if we have time, some Noelis with Dance With Me, sampled by... Kanye West. Sampled by Kanye West. So thanks so much for coming out to Nardwar, the Human Serviette Show, Cipriano, and do-do-do-do. Jamaica to Toronto. Digitized. 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 Digitized.